Call or text the team line at 970-242-1340. Eight o'clock. Thanks for joining us, Jim and Max, today from the Bozark Miller Chevrolet Buick Studios, the most trusted name in automobiles. Appreciate you joining us today. Predictions on the Broncos, Chargers. Like I, I'm sticking with the prediction. I said they'd win their last four. I'm 0 for two. I get a change. We'll have our picks coming up with uh, the Pope in just a little bit. Uh, let's get to some text. One. We'll pull out of the microwave. It was from Bob yesterday. Didn't get a chance to get to it. I think the coach was not the right choice for our team, referring to Sean Payton. Uh, RJ and Delta, you could always trade for, for Danny Dimes. Happy New Year to the crew at the team. Thank you, RJ, as well. Happy New Year to uh, you and your family. Hope you had a wonderful Christmas uh, from Dylan. I think Payton and the Broncos are done with Russ's toxic positivity. Doesn't that feel like an oxymoron? Toxic positivity. Uh, sometimes it seems fake. We talked about that. Russ doesn't seem like he's... Broncos country, let's ride. Yeah. Um, we won't be playing this probably a whole lot. To... Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Just... I know he got retired this year, but I've, I've still been playing on occasion. I, I do think, Dylan, what, what, you, what you're writing there, there is, that is some of the problem. I, I think that Sean Payton doesn't doesn't like Russ in terms I think he thinks that it's all about the brand it's all about the image it's about uh, the, you know posting on social media it's about his crew that's around him his brand management team it's all all the stuff that he referenced when he got hired that was that was going to go away involving Russell Wilson and I think that I think that he just for Sean Payton whether whether it's right or wrong because I don't they're not in this position because of Russ. The numbers this year for Russell Wilson are on par with, with, with not, maybe not the best in the league, but upper half of the league. In terms of touchdown-interception ratio, he's among the best in that category. Those are his, his numbers are on par for career numbers, for career average numbers for Russell Wilson. Last year was not. This year is. You're getting the guy that you thought you were getting from Seattle. And you can sit around and go, well, it's, he's not worth $245 million. Okay, he may not be because he's not Patrick Mahomes, though the numbers, you look at Mahomes' numbers and Russ's numbers, they're pretty comparable right now. Mahomes is also not having his best season ever. There is that He's also caveat. been limited by a lot of receivers that yep. drop a lot, a lot of balls. Of passes, uh, offensive line that's been a bit patchwork at times. His tendency to hold on to the ball. You know, Russ, it's, it's, it's a really great comparison. Russ is certainly a lot like Patrick Mahomes in that maybe even like a, a like a older like blueprint for Patrick Mahomes uh, if you're looking for a scapegoat though Jim it's got to be George Payton right because it can't be Sean it can't be Russ if you're looking for somebody to get the axe it's got to be him right he's the architect he's been the liaison between the new ownership to these you know big cogs and the future plan and it hasn't hasn't panned out really you know, George Payton's entire tenure with the Denver Broncos has been a lot of misses a lot of swing for the fences and misses and everybody likes the you know the home run ball Jim but you know the strikeouts they pile up and for George they Payton, do. I think they they're piling up now and I think it's so somebody's knocking on his door sooner rather than later right and when we talk about about Russell Wilson and Patrick Mahomes because there was the tweet that somebody put at the X still a tweet right yes Wait. Musk hasn't changed that to be some other thing yet, has he? It actually, you'll see it X and then in parentheses, formerly Twitter. Every time you get an email <laughs> well, address, a, is it a tweet though? Alert, is it still a tweet? I, is it is it an X? <laughs> did I X? Did I X at you? It's stupid. It's ridiculous. Anyway, that somebody put out on on X comparing Russ's numbers to Patrick Mahomes, and and Russ liked it, and then Russ also had a response, you know, kind of cryptic on on X about, you know, 
preferring kind of the next step, the next stage. What was it? Jesus or, or God's my my riding my shot riding shotgun with me? He said something like that. Yeah, yeah I, I can't remember the exact. Something completely on brand for Russell Wilson. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, his his comment on X was God's got me. Looking forward to what's next. That's right. Yep. So that's that's what he he put out there. So here's the. Here's the numbers. Here's Russ's numbers. 66.4% completion percentage. 3,070 yards. 26 touchdowns, 8 picks. Okay. Those are, those are his passing numbers right now. There's Patrick Mahomes. 66.9% completion percentage. Yardage is, is better. 3,938. 26 touchdowns, ding, 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 equal number to Russ. 14 picks. Is Patrick Mahomes a problem, Kansas City? See the problem? And they need to get rid of him. I, I thought I, I'm, just, the... I'm just saying, if you're going to compare numbers, those numbers, Russ's numbers are right there with Mahomes. Is anybody saying that Patrick Mahomes is one of the worst quarterbacks in the league? That he's the reason why the Chiefs I have not already wrapped up the AFC West like they normally do. It's 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 a problem with style. It's a pro it's a problem with two personalities, both their own personalities and the way they approach the game that just don't mesh. I think Russ has wanted it to me- wanted it to mesh and work. I think Sean Payne's like I just don't like this guy. Maybe he doesn't like the pho- maybe he feels he is phony, and there is a element of. Really, Ross? Really? Showed up the first day of training camp in his own jersey and the lifted Subaru. And it, it just, there's, and then the high knees in the plane to London in his first year. There's stuff you just go, but this year, you haven't seen that from him. You haven't seen that stuff from him. I think Russell Wilson's been the consummate pro during all this. Because. Like we've talked about, according to Pro Football Talk, I guess we should play this first, since we are now into officially. The latest on the Broncos and the league is around the NFL on the Jim Davis Show. We spend good money for Jim Cutler to do this stuff, and we need to use Jim Cutler. Happy holidays to Jim and Don, by the way. All right, so according to Pro Football Talk, that the bye week for the Broncos... That's when the Broncos raised the issue of adjusting language of his contract, where they wanted him to to take less for the injury guarantee, which will be thirty-seven million dollars. So the Broncos, so where Sean Payton, when he says this is not about the economics, bull crap! I throw the BS flag on that, sir. It has everything to do with the economics. Now, Wilson, apparently, according to a source with Pro Football Talk, that um, so the Broncos approached tweaking. uh, Actually, it was not the Kansas City loss. It was the win against Kansas City, excuse me, going to the bye week. So it was after that. So they talked to, according to the report, they talked to Wilson about tweaking his contract after they beat the Chiefs and into the 16-game death grip that the Chiefs had over the Broncos, it was the start of Denver's bye week. So before beating the Chiefs, the Broncos have been 2-5. and five. And they're already thinking about, you know, as, as well they should at that point, thinking about 2024 and 2025. Denver wanted some flexibility regarding Wilson's contract. And they thought the bye week was the moment to try to make something happen here. According to Pro Football Talk, Wilson was not brought into a meeting and was given a strong-armed ultimatum. Everything was reduced to writing and communicated to his agent, Mark Rogers, who, by the way, you know how many clients Mark Rogers has? One. It's Russell Wilson. That's it. He can spend all of his time, energy, and focus on getting max value for Russell Wilson and getting max value for himself. So... Apparently, there was phone conversations between the team and the agent after that with Mark Rogers. Well, the details 
were sufficiently sensitive to make it difficult to confirm the specifics of the proposal. Pro Football Talks says the Brock, the common sense suggests the Brock has wanted to shift the date on which the $37 million salary gar- the injury guarantee would convert from being guaranteed only for injury to being fully guaranteed. Broncos wanted to move the vesting date from March 2024 to March 2025. That would allow the two sides to continue the relationship for another season without the Broncos assuming the obligation of paying another $37 million in 2025 if the decision was made to move on after 2024. Well, Mark Rogers and Russ said no. Two sides moved forward. Continue the starter. So if there was ever a threat to bench Wilson, according to this article, it says possibly was implied by the terms of the late October request. If the Broncos were concerned about the flipping of the $37 million injury guarantee for 2025 to fully guaranteed on the fifth day of the 2024 league year, which is March 18th, the Broncos have a clear initiative to ensure that Wilson emerges from the 2023 season without an injury that prevent him from passing a physical before March 18th. Remember Derek Carr? Remember Derek Carr? That's where we are right now. That's the situation the Broncos have. Where, uh, okay, I gotta find, I gotta find the audio and bring it back because I just, I thought I find this very, very funny about the whole thing. Here's, okay, here's Jared Stidham, who was the guy that stepped in for Derek Carr the last two games of the Raiders regular season last year on is the situation similar to the one he went through last year i guess they're similar but they're also completely different as well um you know I, again How? i think it just goes back to preparing like i have been you know throughout my entire career um nothing this week changes now that okay we don't need the he's focused and he's ready to play sunday and blah 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 all the stuff you want to hear it's not different it's pretty much the same thing, is it not? <laughs> Maybe some of the specifics are a little bit different. But the essence is this, is it not, Max? Team has veteran quarterback that they don't, with, with head coach that doesn't like that veteran quarterback, doesn't feel like he's the right fit for him, wants to move on from him. Team gave that quarterback big, big salary, big you know contract extension, prior to coach becoming unhappy with said quarterback coach wants quarterback gone team's gonna take a bath in this whole thing what do you do try to restructure try to do things whatever well you don't want to get hurt because now you're because by this you're moving on you're moving on russell wilson will not be a denver bronco in 2024 it and 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 so and, and nor was Derek carr how is it similar but different? No, it's not. It almost this, sounds this, like sorry. Go ahead. It's almost it's identical, pretty much. It's identical. It almost sounds like you're trying to write the beginning of an NFL Mad Libs book <laughs> with that, because that situation has happened before. Money versus who gets who versus status, and yeah, Sean Payton, Russell Wilson. I, that relationship certainly can't be prepa- uh, repaired. Have you seen? the way that they interact i mean if you even call it interaction on the sidelines body language tells a lot about a person and how they feel about that person in the moment and whenever sean payton is discussing anything with russell wilson on the sideline sean payton doesn't look like a happy man he doesn't look like a happy man period looks like no. he sucks on lemons before he comes out <laughs> and hits the sideline look and i've look, never felt look, someone look max ryan wanted to look. be bill belichick more than sean payton and I feel that is what you're, you're talking about, a clash of egos. And, you know, heads are going to roll. And George Payton, I think, is out, too, in 2024. And I don't know if this is something you've thought about, Jim, but is Russell Wilson going to get cut in the next two weeks? Uh, from what I understand, they'll, they'll probably wait and do that post-June 1 designation. They'll wait till we're into the new year. And in, in close to the, the NFL start of the league year before they would make that move. And then they would release him and then it'd be just because that's what the that's what they did basically with Derek Carr. Mm-hmm. So probably not right away. But that's where this is going. I think there's a very slim hope that they can trade him to somebody. 
they're kind of hoping for lightning in a bottle. And I referenced this the other day of um, of when uh, Philadelphia was able to trade Carson Wentz to the Colts, and the Colts picked up a lot of his salary, and they, they were they were anxious to find their replacement for Andrew Luck, and so they, they were desperate. And I think Denver's hoping to find somebody in that in that position where they're willing to least at some point there'll be offsets and and some of this will will soften the blow a little bit for the Broncos not much but a little bit when he signs a contract with somebody else I think Denver's hoping that maybe they can find somebody maybe it's the Raiders and Russ might be might be motivated to go to the Raiders because he might really want to stick it to Sean Payton of the Broncos I I've heard the Vikings are a possibility uh, talked about the Steelers because of um, Russ being from Richmond, Virginia originally, that Mike Tomlin has this affinity for players from that area, and he's always had a, a soft spot for Russ. And so that could be, and uh, the Kenny, Kenny Pickett has not exactly you know, been the second coming of Ben Roethlisberger or Terry Bradshaw, so they could be willing to, to go get a veteran. I get a guy that Mike Tomlin already likes, assuming Mike Tomlin doesn't get canned, but Steelers are still in the playoff conversation, so probably not. And so I, I think it's one of those situations where um, he'll he'll be around and they'll do that post-June 1st designation in, in regard to moving on from him. But now there's debate about whether or not the Broncos actually threatened him. Because Jordan Schultz, who covers the NFL for Bleacher Report, was the guy that stated the Broncos threatened to bench Wilson if he didn't adjust his injury guarantees, which could have possibly put the team on the hook for not only $39 million he's guaranteed to draw next season, but another $37 million in 2025. According to Mike Kliss, Broncos unofficial mouthpiece for Nine News, that multiple league sources close to the Broncos denied threats were made, adding his benching was strictly a football decision, which is what Sean Payton said the other day, which I still say, Bullcrap. I like it. I'm sorry, go ahead. Does this, uh, I don't know, is there a lot more patience left for the Broncos fan base? Like, does it, it's a complete rebuild after that, right? You're, That's you're, you're, you're starting at. over again. Yes. It's, it's starting over again. Nobody wanted that. We thought that if you're a Broncos fan, you thought this was going to be the answer. And the way Russ has played this year, the answer hasn't been that bad. I know a lot of you, oh, it's not, it's not good enough. I just read you Patrick Mahomes' numbers. Max, you have no dog in this fight. You're a Bears fan. You have no cub in this fight. No grizzly bear, no Kodiak, nothing. Polar bear or panda bear. So tell me, when I, those numbers I mentioned earlier, does that, does that scream a quarterback that is a bottom half of the tier, a bottom half of the league quarterback with the numbers I mentioned comparing it to Mahomes? It does not. It is statistically probably what you want from your starter. The it's, interceptions are a little high, but... Well, he had eight. He has less than Mahomes. Right. But which, he had through, through three in one game at Houston. Yeah, you'd like to be a little better, yeah, but... Yeah, but, I mean, he's... But compared he, to last year, it's... Statistically... Significantly better. It's in his... One of his, I want to say, top five, maybe top seven seasons of his entire career. Yeah, I I have to look that up. I, I don't... I can't say that's the truth, but it's certainly been a good season for him. Probably would be an upper-tier season it, for Russell Wilson. I, I'll, I'll grant you that. It's probably been the best one he's had in the orange and blue. It's well in his yeah. It clearly this is his best season. His last you know, and then the first you know couple of years in Denver, this is clearly bit. Last year was a disaster. I look at it as a bigger picture problem. Um, there is a lot going on in the Denver Broncos organization, and I believe I saw a text. I'm not sure from who, a part of the pile. Yeah, it was Marty. Marty said concerning the Broncos, he's pretty apathetic, and if he had to put his finger on it, he thinks it's all the change. I think Marty there is in the wheelhouse of what's going on. There has been so much turnover. There hasn't been any steadying force 
in Denver. And this is kind of an outsider looking in as a big picture because I know we have a lot of the same problems in Chicago because we don't really know what the ownership is doing. It isn't like Philadelphia. It isn't like San Francisco or Baltimore where everybody seems to be all in with chips on the table. And I think the Broncos are making overtures toward that by doing these big splash moves and trying to get these expectations met, but it hasn't really panned out. So when that happens, it's just a bigger mess. The omelet you're trying to make doesn't turn out real good, and no one likes the taste of it because you put way too much effort into it and now you you overseason it or whatever i remember making chicken for the very first time ever as a child it's like this it's like this i had no idea what i was doing but it feels the broncos are somewhat there they're grasping at strings they're trying to figure out what's going to stick and um without that consistency of whatever guiding hand whatever steadying force you see it throughout the top and bottom of the turmoil and maybe sean payton is that guy i i, I don't know Maybe maybe he is, and, and maybe he does come in and, and say that, that it's now going to be this way or the highway, and that's possibly what the Broncos need. I, I don't know. I, I, see, I just think it's, it's a case where, number one, they, they gave up a lot to get him. And, and you look at the, the – it's not so much Fant and Harris and Locke that, that hurt in the deal. It was the draft picks where they went out and got Boye, Mafi who's guy that was one of those Broncos draft picks they sent to Seattle. He's got nine sacks, 15 quarterback hits in his second season. It's panned out pretty well. Cornerback Devon Weatherspoon um, took him fifth overall. He's played both left corner, nickel, 65 tackles, team I, 16 pass breakups, missed a couple games with a hip pointer. But both those guys, Moffey and Weatherspoon, have been impact players. They also drafted outside linebacker Tyreek Smith. Um, so they so anyway, he was uh, the Seattle drafted Smith at 158 because they took a pick, um, draft pick 145 to Kansas City. So they they took the Broncos pick and then sent it to Kansas City where they drafted Smith. Um, then they released him eventually. So got a couple players that have been productive in Mafi and Witherspoon. And then you've got Derek Hall, outside linebacker. It's been in their edge rusher rotation. That's it's been a contributor. He's been okay, not great. So Seattle's been able to take at least a couple of those picks and and turn them into reliable starters on the defensive side. Okay, that that's good. That that's that's really good. It's once again, it's was not a great deal. It's gonna always go down as one of the worst deals because of the way things are gonna pan out here. But once again, I'm not gonna criticize why they made the trade criticize the extension the timing of it absolutely but the trade made sense and i and look i don't have a russell wilson jersey i like russ i think russ is dorky and there's things our times i find there's an open guy there russ jerry judy's open throw him the football he makes me crazy too but the numbers are say that he's not the reason why they're in this position right now and so jared stidham who will who Sean Payton likes a lot, said a lot of nice things about him the other day, loves his poise, loves his footwork. He's going to be a spark. Okay, the, the offensive line, that needs to be the place where the spark comes from. And how about maybe another receiver that steps up and does something besides Cortland Sutton? Maybe a 100-yard rusher? Maybe a combined 100-yard rusher? Maybe don't, don't fumble the football. Marvin Mims, take care of the ball. Javante Williams, take care of the ball. All right, a little sound from uh, yesterday as Patrick Sertan the second talking about trying to win the final two games. I think it would be huge for the organization to finish the season off strong. Um, you know, obviously these two games are divisional opponents, and to get these two wins would be huge for us as a team standpoint. And, um, you know, I mean, that's what we focus on right now. The rest will carry, carry on later. So uh, we just focus on these last two games and see where it takes us. All right. That's Patrick Sertan, the second Broncos cornerback. Joe Lombardi spoke with the media. He is the Broncos offensive coordinator, if you're not familiar with him. Oh, yeah, the grandson of Vince Lombardi, by the way. I always have to work that in occasionally. Anyway, Joe Lombardi on Russ going through what he's going through right now and Jared Stidham. Tough situation, but, you know, Russ is a consummate pro, and uh, he's obviously disappointed, but man real proud of the way he's handled it and 
Um, so it's been it's been good. Um, look, I think he's a, a good player. Um, I think you'll see a good operation. You know, I think he, he gets the ball out, knows where to go with it. So uh, we're optimistic. Did the offense will look much different? Um, I, I don't think to the naked eye you'll you'll, you'll notice a whole lot. Okay. We're going to find out whether Russ is the problem the next two games, if Russ is the problem or the guys around him are the problem. Broncos Charger Sunday on the team pregame at noon. Kickoff at 225 from Power Field a mile high. All right, last night you had the Cleveland Browns, quarterback by former Broncos starting quarterback Joe Flacco against former Broncos starting quarterback Trevor Simeon, the last guy to lead the Broncos to a nine-win season, by the way. Quarterback in the Jets. Last night... Joe Flacco, who was once hated in Cleveland, now beloved by the dog pound as Joe Flacco leads the Browns, their third playoff appearance since 1999, three-touchdown game, and a 37-20 to victory at home last night over the Jets. The Browns have it at the 49-yard line with a first down, a minute 38 to play. First half, Flacco avoids the sack, looking to run. Flacco will toss it, complete, caught down the sideline. Jerome Ford to the 20, 15, still going 10 to the 5. Ford gets in. Touchdown, Cleveland. All right, Ian Eagle on Westwood One on the Team Sports Network. Joe Flacco last night. 309, three touchdowns and a pick last night. Jerome Ford, who, of course, had that touchdown catch you just heard. He also carried uh, for 64 yards in the game last night. Uh, David Njoku continues to have a big second half of the season. The tight end with six catches, 134 yards. So the Browns are 11-5. and five. As I mentioned, they clinch a playoff spot. Trevor Simeon for the Jets, not a bad game. 261, touchdown and a pick. Brees Hall uh, with 84 yards against that stout uh, Browns defense. Garrett Wilson had five catches for 50 yards. The Jets fall to 6-10 and 10 with the loss. All right, 826 coming up. I believe we're going to talk with uh, Jackson Wilson, River City Sportplex. He's going to join us in a moment, talk a little avalanche, talk about uh, the Caprock Academy Eagles hockey team as well. It's Friday. It's time for a Friday flashback. Are you telling me that you built a time machine? It's a Friday flashback with Grand Valley Greats on the Jim Davis Show. For Grand Valley Greats, I'm Jim Davis. For 20 years, Max Kralichek led the Grand Junction girls basketball team during its most successful run. The Tigers were a state runner-up three times in 1986, 1992, and 1993. 1984 was the year, though, that Kralichek and the Grand Junction girls won the 3A state title against Southwestern League foe Montrose. Kralichek says it was the fourth time that season the Tigers had faced head coach John Morale and the Indians. You know, John's a good friend of mine, an excellent coach, and uh, uh, I was a little concerned that day because, uh, you know, playing a team for the fourth time, we'd uh, beaten them twice and lost to them once, and uh, we were, I was kind of concerned about the outcome of it, but, you know, Wendy... I mean, excuse me, Kim Knighty, she just had a great deal of confidence, and she said, Coach, don't worry, we're going to win the game. And, and the girls went out and played well. The Tigers started Knighty, Wendy Pomerinke, Diane Whiting, Carrie Heckel, and Carol Elliott. Elliott went on to play at Notre Dame and was the head coach of the girls' basketball team at Grand Junction. With Grand Valley Greats, I'm Jim Davis. Touchdown every morning. Woo! The Jim Davis Show on Colorado's sports leader, the team. Welcome back. Jim and Max today. Jim Davis showing the Team Sports Network. A lot of text to get to. We'll get to those in a moment. And also Jackson Wilson, River City Sportplex. But uh, we'll uh, hop on with Howard from Fruita. Good morning, Howard. How are you? Good. Real good, Jim. Uh, I'll just address this real quick in regards to the stats. I looked at uh, Stat News's NFL site. Last year, Russell Wilson was tied with Justin Fields for being the most sacked quarterback with 55. Now, with whatever changes we made in the offseason, we're bringing it up now. Now Russell Wilson is fourth in the league and most sacked with 45. Ahead of him is Zach Wilson of the Jets, Bryce Young with Carolina, and Sam Howell of Washington. Take a look at the one and loss records and, and see where we're at. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and the Jets and Washington are two teams that beat the Broncos. Uh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Even with that. You know, for, so. for, for, for a 35-year-old guy, I think Russell Wilson has – Fairly good mobility, uh, but he can only take so much. Uh, I, I just what what I can't understand is in uh, in Sunday's game, he was sacked five times from the first, second, and third quarter. But in the fourth quarter, it looked like a different team. 
uh, you know, another thing I lo- I'd like to address, and I'll let you go. Usually, when a head coach comes on board, there's there's personnel changes. One thing to remember: Russell Wilson is not Peyton's quarterback. Yeah, we fact, got off of money to sign him last year. He had to keep him. You know, I've said this before, and I'll and I'll say it again: NFL owners at times, actually most times, spend money like they have terminal cancer, like they like they're a bunch of drunken sailors. A relationship with head coach to quarterback is damn important. And Peyton going coconuts on the sideline with Wilson uh, previously told me all I needed to know about the relationship within the two. Absolutely. Howard, have a happy New Year. Thanks. All right. Same to you. Take care. Take care. All right. uh, With us right now, Jackson Wilson, River City Sportplex. Good morning, Jackson. It's been too long. How's it going, Jim? It's going okay. Going okay. Do you have a good Christmas? Oh, yeah, I had a great Christmas, went up, uh, saw some family up in Glenwood Springs, um, you know, got a got a couple hockey gifts as always, so uh, yeah, it was good, how about yourself? Oh, good, it was good, good. it was very, very low-key, it's uh, just the way I like it, very low-key, so uh, give us the latest on what's going on at the Caprock Academy uh, hockey team right now. Yeah, absolutely, so they've been doing, uh, they've started off really good, um, I think they're sitting about 500, maybe a game or two above at the JV level of Chasta. Um, you know, they've, they've played some harder opponents, some bigger schools, and they're doing, they're doing really well. Uh, Coach Wilkins has done a great job with that program, and, and the kids have really bought in to, to trying to, you know, develop and, and become a much better team. So it's been really exciting to watch. All right. So, uh, of course, uh, playing over River City Sportplex, you can go to the Caprock Academy website to get the schedule for the uh, Caprock Academy Eagles. Uh, Jackson Wilson, River City Sportplex with us. So, uh, tell us what's going on. Anything? Uh, I'm, I'm assuming some New Year's uh, festivities over at River City Sportplex this weekend. Oh yeah, so we run a uh, three-on-three blue line touch-up. It's kind of like uh, you know in basketball, check out to the three-point line, three-on-three tournament, um, and it'll be a three-day tournament this year. Today we have our C division, and then tomorrow our B, and on Sunday our A division. Um, you know we're really excited about. Uh, it's called the New Year's Selly Classic. Um, it's really fun. A bunch of uh, players really enjoy it. Um, you know, it's a little different than the normal five-on-five full ice hockey. So, you know, people really like athletes with it. So, so give us some time so that people want to come out and check it out. Oh yeah. Well, um, well, we'll be on the ice today. Let me pull up my schedule for today. We'll be on the ice for about 10:30 to about uh, 1 p.m. is going to be the first slot of games. These games are only about 35 minutes long. And then our uh, championship will begin at about 4.55. And these games are only half an hour. We plug in about four to five games for each team um, within the day. Um, So it's really fun. It's uh, it's kind of a quick tournament where, you know, teams are on the ice. They might even have some back-to-back games. But since they're only about 35 minutes long, um, you know, it's not really a big issue. But, yeah, it's been super fun. you know, everyone gets really excited about this one. It's one of our better tournaments of the year. So, you know, super exciting. Uh, and then tomorrow, it's a little bit bigger. We have seven teams in our division tomorrow. Um, we'll be almost all day doing this tournament, um, you know, 10 to, 10 to about noon. And then noon to 2 tomorrow is our obviously our holiday skate, our public skate. And then at 2 p.m., we pick back up, and we'll be going from about 2 to 5.30 uh, tomorrow. So, yeah, a lot of hockey. And then Sunday, it'll be a – a little bit uh, less time frame, usually about about 10 a.m. to noon or so. And then again, from about 3 p.m. to, to 5.30 will be uh, the second set of games. So a lot of hockey going on this weekend down at River City. Yeah, great chance to check out uh, some of the great uh, hockey talent uh, over at River City Sportplex this weekend. And uh, before I let you go, looked like it felt like the Avalanche had maybe figured some things out defensively, the way they played against Arizona at Ball Arena over the weekend, and then uh, the, then they go, of course, to Mullet Arena, give up a four-goal lead to your Coyotes, and they lose in overtime. Um, I, then again, we had somebody, uh, we had uh, Sam from Fruita that they called in, Jackson, and, and is concerned about the mm-hmm. Avalanche. You look at it, though, and here they are. They're still near the top of the Central Division. They're still, I think, I think they're fourth in the Western Conference right now. They'll get healthier. They'll get guys like Sammy Gerrard back. They'll, they'll get, I, I think, they'll, they'll start to get better acclimated with playing with each other with some of the new faces, Ryan O'Hanson and, and others. I just feel like it, there's, there's still plenty of time for this team 
to get themselves into you know in, into being a contender once again, particularly that Miko Ranton is now find the back of the net on a more frequent basis. Right. Yeah. You know, it's um obviously with this high, and we've talked about it for years. I mean, this high end talent, you're going to compete. That Nate McKinnon is honestly, and I I think this might be the first time I've said he's playing better than Connor McDavid. I think right now. I mean. Give Nate McKinnon the Hart Trophy MVP. He's playing unbelievable. Um, I think he's probably the most valuable player um, in the league to their club right now. And as you can see, Dabs are struggling, you know, giving up these late leads. Sometimes later in games, they're having trouble closing it out. Um, but Nate McKinnon, I mean, he just, it looks like, you know, when adversity's coming right at him, he just gets even better and better. Um, and that's one thing that the Abs have going for him. Yeah, I agree. I mean, you know, the other thing I think people are looking at, too, is just the goaltending situation where, uh, you know, Georgie's doing great, but he's been a little inconsistent, and it's just tough, you know, when you can't close out games, especially when you're up 4-0 uh, to zero, uh, going in the third period. So I think there's a lot of, you know, concerns, um, whether it be with the goaltending or the d- depth of the roster. Um, I mean, I know people, I read an article after the Arizona game where they're going, hey, is it time to start questioning the coaches um, as well, which, you know, I don't know if I'd go that far. But, yeah, I mean, if, if, if your team doesn't seem prepared to close out an NHL game in the third period, I can obviously see why people think that as well. So I think they're um, obviously in a really good spot still there at the top of the uh, division. But, again, you know, you can't – take anything for granted you know especially with the first round exit last year to seattle so yeah, absolutely hey uh, jackson appreciate it have a happy new year my friend and uh, we'll talk to you again soon absolutely you, you as well jim thank you all right take care jackson wilson river city sportplex get information about everything they do at rivercitysportplex.com and you're you're still out there on occasion right uh, they actually asked me to do a bit of a winter residency there for a few months. So, oh, yeah, that's good. happened last year, this year as well. They have a wonderful, very, very wonderful facility for an open skate, cosmic skate for your family. And it, it's fun. It's pretty affordable entertainment. I appreciate that. And the DJ stylings of one Max Ryan out there. Hey, if, if you like it, come on, come on down. Absolutely. I want to congratulate Chance Hansen, by the way. He was the winner uh, this week for our Pile Pigskin Pick'em, uh, powered by Kistner Motors. Gets that $25 gift certificate to Wrigley Field Bar and Grill. Home of the the 15-minute lunch. They don't have it to your table in 15 minutes. It's half price over at Wrigley Field. Also the perfect place to watch college football, the NFL this weekend as well, over at Wrigley Field, just east of Sam Simplesio Field. All right, 839 football picks coming up in a moment. Time for Four Down Territory. We're into Four Down Territory on the Jim Davis Show on the team. All right, start things out with first down. As Alabama gets ready for their college football playoff game, Jalen Milrow, the quarterback of the Alabama Crimson Tide, uh, he got benched by his head coach um, after the game against South, against South Florida. They didn't play very well. Miller's performance against Texas was great. He played really well against them, and um, but you know they had that bad, he had that bad game against or that that game that was a bad game in total for Alabama against uh, South Florida but since then he hasn't looked back he's solidified himself as the Crimson Tides uh, starting quarterback 11 straight wins they went undefeated in conference play and of course beat Georgia last year's national champion to uh, qualify for the college football playoffs during a press conference yesterday Milrow talking about the college football playoff semifinal coming up against Michigan asked if he had ever been asked uh, he was asked if he'd ever been asked to play a different position during his football career he said yeah that former offensive coordinator bill o'brien advised him not to play quarterback o'brien's now currently with the new england patriots but he was the tides quarterbacks coach and offensive coordinator shoot you know all all my life even when i was in college shoot my own offensive coordinator bill o'brien told me i shouldn't play quarterback so you know there's a lot of things i can have motivation on and that is something i have motivation from Makes you, once again, question the resume of Bill O'Brien, especially after the job he did with the Texans as well. All right, second down, keeping on college football and also, I guess, the NFL as well, that Caleb Williams has been long regarded as the definitive guy that's going to be the top quarterback taken. Could be taken, Max, by your Bears. Mel Kuyper, the gentleman, though, thinks there's another quarterback that might inch up past Caleb Williams. Do you know who that is? 
Drake May. Jaden Daniels, the LSU quarterback, your Heisman Trophy winner. Kuyper said Jaden Daniels is right on. For people who think that Caleb Williams is the only quarterback that could be QB1 in this draft, that doesn't mean he won't be, but there's by no means anybody in the league. Caleb Williams is the guy. Nobody can touch him. That's completely false. Let's eliminate that right now because I'm hearing Jaden Daniels a lot. So maybe, maybe Jaden Daniels is your number one pick. We'll have to wait and see. Third and fourth down. When it comes to regional food, Jim, don't mess with it, all right? People love it. And if you're ever in coal country, right in the middle of the great United States of America, they do something called the pepperoni roll. Right. And the pepperoni roll apparently is sacred territory because as I found out watching the coverage of the Duke Mayo Bowl where West Virginia was featured, now there was a lot of references to the pepperoni roll and that you can apparently combine it with mayonnaise. Now that is not something you do, Jim, apparently. And no. it was something that was so sacrilegious, the Episcopal Diocese of West <laughs> Virginia came out with an official statement that says, we find our witness in the present moment, especially to strive for justice and peace and to respect the dignity of every human being as we affirm our baptism, that we do not condone mayonnaise on a pepperoni roll whatsoever they even quoted the good lord's name a couple of times in that statement so yeah it's maybe like i'm, I'm not sure if i had a colorado comparison i'd say green chili right it's like yeah. everybody knows what green chili in colorado is and you know what's not so yeah apparently duke's mayo is getting a lot of bad run this West whole thing is a travesty and a sham and a mockery it's a travesty mockery indeed oh man for fourth down I don't know uh, how much you've ever eaten food, I guess. I must be hungry. Breakfast time. Uh, Mikhail Bridges has eaten Chipotle for 4,000 straight days and spent about $55,000 on it. On wow. That many. Could, could you do that? No. Could you do that? Even no. if it's the best thing ever. No. No, Mikhail no. Bridges. Yeah. Variety's the spice of life, my friend. Brooklyn Nets uh, yeah, wow. point forward. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. He four. How much time on the toilet? Four thousand straight days. <laughs> That's my days. question. Oh man, four thousand straight days at Chipotle. And Is he not the eating the refries? It's he's... the same order, Jim. It's a it's a bowl with some guacamole, and I want to say the uh, the chicken. Right? It's the the brown yeah, rice every, and the chicken. Every... Every day? Yeah, but he's oh. averaging 21.1 points so, per seat for per day in his entire career. Guess it's working for him. I don't know. Who am I to judge? Who am I to judge? All right, we'll take a break. We'll come back with our picks today. Once again, our show wraps up at 9 this morning. We'll return with more on the Jim Davis Show on the Team Sports Network online at theteam1340.com. First of all, it's hilarious. Warped, twisted individuals. Yes. The Jim Davis Show on Colorado's sports leader, the team. Welcome, welcome, one and all. Thank you for listening to the radio program today. And have a happy new year. It's the Guy Lombardo version, in case you're wondering. Fantastic Guy Lombardo and his Royal Canadians. It's enough of that. A 48. We bring in, I believe he was a member of uh, Guy Lombardo's band back in the day. Uh, P.D. Pope, good morning. Your eminence, how are you? Hey, 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 it's my last day. Jill, this is it. This is It's over with, right? It's done. This is it. Done. The walls are cleared off. The, the office is cleaned out. I'm ready to rock and roll, baby. Now, you're doing an, an, another retirement party. Now, this are you, are you not going to do... The, the public radio anymore? Are you going to walk away from that? No, I'm going to still do okay. I'm, yeah, I'm okay. still doing my, my community radio, okay, man. That's not going away. Okay, That's my okay. hobby. Okay, because you, I mean, you have a little thing going today with that. Too. I thought you, you're walking away from everything. I was like, wow. No, man. No, man. Just just, just D51. And then, okay. you, know, they, you know what they're doing to me, man. They said, Petey, we want you to come back and help us out in February. So you're not really done. Yes, I am done. <laughs> That February is only going to be one one week. I, I've, I've, I've talked. I've talked to other uh, other guys that have retired, and here they are working three, four days a week. No, seven. not me. No, yeah. I told them I'm not doing that. I okay. told HR I'm not doing that whatsoever. Okay. Well, let's uh, let's get into the picks. 
Uh, Max, you want to go through quickly how we did last week? I think Tyler sent those to you. Absolutely. Jim, two and four. Rio, three and three. The Pope, three and three. Tyler, two and four. The Idaho Potato Bowl, everybody picked wrong. Rio got the Gasparilla Bowl correct. Everybody picked the Browns at the Texans correctly. The the Cowboys at the Dolphins, everybody got that one right. Petey was the only one who called the Baltimore beatdown of San Francisco. And the Broncos hosting the Patriots, everyone got that one wrong as well. Well, all right. That's just bad. All right, so Rio and I, I think we're both are we tied for first. Um, it looks like first place, yeah, with the tie, okay. fifty-four and forty-two. Okay. The Buckeye boy and the big man, Jim Davis himself. Okay. Franzen comes in at fifty-one and forty-five, and the caboose is our good man, Petey Pope, fifty right and forty-six. Okay, so you're gonna be marking down our picks. So Max is gonna pick along with us. So here we go. Welcome to another edition of Thunderdome. <laughs> So who would so Rio won last week, right? Indeed he did. Uh, With three right. three. <laughs> what is left in life? Bahamas. See them driven before you? And they hear the lamentation of the women. All right, here we go. It's time for our picks today. So, very up, first up, first two will be your college football playoff. The Rose Bowl featuring Alabama taking on Michigan. Michigan isn't much of a favorite. One and a half points, the uh, spread there. So, what's okay, What's uh, the picks for Tyler and Rio on that? For Rio, Mr. Van Gilder, he has Alabama, the underdog. <laughs> Why would I even think Big, any different? Of course he's going to pick Big Blue Alabama. Tyler also... Uh, is going to go against the grain there, uh, against Rio. He's got uh, Michigan and Jim Harbaugh in the khakis going to the national championship. Okay. So what do you? who do you have? Me? I like Michigan. Yeah. Make sure you mark these down for us, by Absolutely. the way. Absolutely. I am. I'm, I'm. Okay. So, uh, Petey? Hey, I got John Harbaugh, and then I'm going to go Jim Harbaugh. I'm going with Michigan. Yeah. I'll go Michigan, too, on that one. Absolutely. I think it'll, I think it'll be a good game, though. Up next, uh, your Sugar Bowl, Washington versus Texas. Bullet point, bulletin board material being thrown around by Michael Penix. Uh, Texas is the favorite, four and a half. So, for Rio and for, for Rio, Tyler. For Tyler, uh, we have uh, Washington. Mr. Van Gilder says that. The Buckeye boy is that. Uh, Tyler has Texas, the Longhorns. Okay. Uh, Max? Uh, let me go with uh, Washington. I like the Huskies. Okay. Petey? Welcome Horns, man. Going with that burnt orange. Yeah. I'll go Texas. I like Penix. I like Washington, but I'm going to go with Texas. Lone Star State. Love. We got the Lions at the Cowboys. Dallas, four and a half point favorites for the afternoon snooze. He has the Lions. <laughs> for the Buckeye boy, he has the Cowboys. America's team. And for you, Max? Uh, yeah, I like Dallas in that one. Beating? Dallas is tough at home, man. I'm just going to give it to the Cowboys just because they're at home. I'm going to do the same. They've been great at home this year. Indeed, they How have. How about them Cowboys? Uh, Dolphins at Ravens. Baltimore, mm. uh, a three-point favorite. Lamar Jackson, your favorite for the MVP. Uh, just give it to him. Garmin San Diego has <laughs> the Ravens, and Buckeye Boy has the Ravens as well. You? The Ravens? Yeah. 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 Lamar's playing out of his mind. Petey? Hey, you know I'm going with my boys in purple, Jack. Yeah, I got I got to go with the Ravens at home in that game. Even though the Dolphins can score, yeah, I think that defense kind of puts the clamps down. We've got the Bengals at the Chiefs. KC seven and a half point favorites over the Tigers from Ohio. For Rio, we have ourselves the Chiefs. For Tyler Franzen, the Chiefs again. You. Myself. Let me get the Bengals. I don't know okay. if the Chiefs can pull it together. Okay, Petey. I think the Chiefs will rebound. I'm I'm gonna go with the KC. I'll go with KC as well. Okay, last pick of the day of the year, gentlemen. Broncos hosting the Los Angeles Chargers. Denver is six and a half, uh, the favorite there for Tyler Friends, and he went with his boys as well. Denver for our good friend uh, Tyler and uh, the Chargers for Rio Van Gilder. You? Myself? Oh yeah, let's go Denver. Yeah, Denver. Okay, sure. Petey? Man, if they can't beat the Patriots, dude, what about the Chargers? My goodness yeah. gracious. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. I'm going to go, I'm going to go Denver Broncos just, just because I'm Jim Davis is my buddy. All right. Well, that's Denver that's Broncos. Very kind of you, sir. Very kind. And, of course, I will go with. Oh, 
the Denver Broncos. Yes, we'll go with the Broncos. <laughs> All right, Petey, enjoy your last day on the job, my friend. Thank you for everything. Yes, I will. Thank you for all the hard work over the years. Over hey, and, 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 and maybe next week sometime I'll give you a call and maybe I can come by the station and come in, inside a little bit. That'd be great. Yes, you can, you can come inside the warmth that we have at the radio station. Well, all right, bud. Y'all have a good one. Have a good weekend. You have a happy new year, Petey. All right, bye-bye. All right, take care. There he goes, the Pope. All right, as we uh, wrap it up today, we've got a bunch of texts. I want to get to those uh, very quickly this morning. Got one from uh, Rick over at American Family Insurance. Good morning, fellas. In almost any sport except bowling, from Little League to the pros, defense wins ball games. Most games when the defense showed up, Broncos won. Russ did the best he could with what he's had to work with. Still a fan, but they make it hard. Love your show. Happy New Year. And uh, stop by and see Rick today at American Family Insurance. Marty? Uh, let's see, concerning the Broncos, I'm very apathetic. If I had to put my finger on it, I think uh, I think it's all the change, new ownership, new GM, new coach, new quarterback, but this just doesn't seem like my Broncos anymore. That said, I've never been a Russell Wilson fan. The situation's not on him, but honestly, I'll be happy if he moves on. Uh, from Bird Dog over at Bird Family Insurance. Uh, Jim, you might be right about let's ride, but Broncos ownership wants out of the contract and let's ride properly. Won't renegotiate his home run contract. It's a business decision. Lastly, the Mahomes versus Wilson comparison misses one big stat, wins, baby. That's that's true, but that's also not not all on Russ. That, that Chiefs defense has been really, really good. Uh, from Mountain Dave, agree with you this morning, Jim. Uh, so I texted yesterday, why is Wilson backing up Stidham? Um, uh, let's see. It's not going to be the answer. Stidham gets hurt, so what? Something very strange about this whole thing, looking at it, uh, looking at this as getting a spark seems strange. From Mark, from my perspective, the Peyton's playbook has been the problem. The Broncos have been awful at the beginning of halves when running script of plays. The two-minute offense when Russ does his thing has been very solid. Peyton's guilty of being hard-headed and refusing to adjust his playbook to the players he has in the field. I think that's a, a fair complaint. And then Broncos Sarge today. Maybe the Broncos saw that Russ put together a good enough season to go trade him and don't want to take the bloom off the rose. However, in my opinion, the eye test doesn't match the numbers. The Broncos see an opportunity to unload him, fully knowing he doesn't have what it's going to take to get them to the promised land. But Jared Stidham does? Okay, we'll see. To all of you, a very happy new year. We'll be back with you on Tuesday. Uh, Be safe. And uh, we really, really appreciate you listening to the program. Thanks for making us a part of your day. Coming up next, uh, well, at 10 o'clock this morning, it's Jim Rome. And don't forget, we'll have bowl action at noon today.